are listening to Afraid Not Podcast with Jill McCormick and Robin Wall. We believe that our stories matter and make us who we are. Every other week, we invite guests to join us and share their stories. Even though our stories have not, we are not afraid. Our stories have praise. They are not perfect. We believe the truth of our mess makes us stronger. We hope that God uses these stories to encourage and strengthen your faith as you trust in Him. Our theme verse is Colossians 1.17, which says, And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together, even our frayed knots. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. You're listening to episode 117 today with Vanessa Kell. We are so excited to have Vanessa today. She is going to tell a very brave story that she um, felt like that God wanted her to share with us today. We've known Vanessa for a number of years. We've gone to church together since 2012, and I think Jill probably has longer than that, but um, that's when I met Vanessa and have had sweet, fun involvement with church and teaching her daughter voice lessons, and this story... I would never have known. And here's the, the crux of this. So many listeners today might have never shared in your life. You may have never shared that you've had an abortion and you have, have been carrying private pain. And that is what Vanessa is going to talk about today. So listen in. Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. We are honored to have you, and thank you so much. Would you start us off today with introducing yourself to our listeners in a little snapshot? Okay. Um, I am Vanessa Kell. I have been married to my husband, Andy, for 39 years. Coming up on the big 40. Yeah, That's cool. January will be 40. Awesome. <laughs> it's hard to believe it's been that long. Um we have one daughter, Rachel, and um, she is now married, grown and married to Gus, and we love him too. He's uh, very special. Mm-hmm. And we have three precious grand dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no grandbabies yet. Uh, hoping for those soon, but um, three grand dogs. That grand are dogs in the meantime. Wild. <laughs> Two Labradors and a, a mix that they got from the rescue and, and they're all sweet but oh my they're a handful <laughs> oh, and what do you do I'm an accountant um, I work for a wheelchair company in Tulsa and do the accounting work for them and their sister company that is in Texas all right and then um, on the side I do I have a second job during tax season I work with uh, Paget Business Systems with Chris Walters. Oh, yeah. yeah Fantastic. Season, I've so. had years, my husband and I have had years of wonderful um, working experiences with Paget mm-hmm. Business. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you great. helped them out. So I do that during tax season. So you are good with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I don't do them in my head. There's, there's a reason why I have a calculator on my desk. <laughs> there's a little known fact about me, Jill. You may not know this. I was an accounting major. I did not know that. For one day. (laughs) That didn't last long. (laughs) I literally started listening and learning, and I thought, oh, I'm in the wrong major. This is not what... (laughs) I knew you thought about teaching math, but I didn't know you were an account major. (laughs) That's so funny. And I'm the... People used to be so surprised when they found out 
that I was an accountant major because they thought I would go into music. I, I, I did music and theater all growing up, and they thought I would go into music. And I was like, you have to either teach or have the guts to like go to New York or mm-hmm. whatever and make right. it. And I, there's no way I was going to teach at that point in my life. And, <laughs> and going to New York. Uh, CPA um, yeah. all the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's awesome. So. Uh, well, we, we're so thankful that you are willing to tell this story that you are about to share. And we just want you to know ahead of time that we love you and we thank you. Because thank you. a lot of people who are going to listen today... They may have never heard an encouraging a sister in Christ share something that they're like, I didn't know. Someone mm-hmm. else has been through the same thing. Right. So mm-hmm. what we are praying is that this is going to be some encouragement and help for a much needed mm-hmm. place and time. And that's my prayer too. You know, I just really felt like God was saying, you should share this. And I think there are women who need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. So... Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you begin with wherever you would like to begin and we are here. So this is going to sound a little bit like I'm telling my life story (laughs) (laughs) because we're going way back. Um, uh, But I was raised in a small town in Oklahoma, a small college town, and um, I was raised Catholic. I grew up in the Catholic church and that's all fine. So then when I was 10, like this is just something I, I feel like is important. When I was 10, I have an older sister who's six years older than me. So she would have been 16. Mm -hmm. I was about 10. And she got pregnant. And I remember my mom coming to me to tell me that my sister was pregnant. And I remember, you know, seeing how upset she was. Was she crying? About it. You know, she wasn't crying, but you could tell, you know. Mm -hmm. I think she'd probably already done her crying or, you know, she was doing that where I couldn't see her. Mm -hmm. But... I could tell she was upset, and it, it was um, in our family. It was a pretty um, difficult time at mm-hmm. that at that point in time. And you would have been what fifth would, grade or something? Uh, ten. Fourth. I, I don't, I don't yeah. remember what grade you're in yeah. at what age. That's, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, and I was with her six years older than me. It's I was a lot younger, and mm-hmm. I was the baby in the family. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so I remember that, and that's kind of important. That little bit is important right. to know as we move forward. So. When I was 17 and I'm entering my senior year in high school and um, I had had a boyfriend for, uh, we'd probably been dating a year or so and um, I, you know, I figured we'd get married and all that kind of stuff. The beginning of this school year, he broke up with me and I was just devastated mm-hmm. um, and I went into a big depression. And then about two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. Oh, my goodness. And um, did you take a test at home? How did you find out? I don't even remember, honestly. I must have done a test at home, but (laughs) it's been so long ago, honestly. Mm -hmm. I I don't remember exactly how I found out, but I was pregnant. And um, a a lot of things are a little murky as far as memory, but... I, I, you know, my first, it never crossed my mind. And I don't know that back then, I don't think they had like pregnancy centers like we have today Mm -hmm. for people to go find out information and look at options and things like that. I I don't know that they had those back then. Um, But 
I never considered anything except that I did not think I could emotionally cope with going through a pregnancy in that small town in front of my friends and telling my parents and seeing my mother upset Mm -hmm. like she had been with my sister when I was 10. Yeah, you'd already walked through this. Yes, I'd already watched through that, yeah, and I didn't feel like I could do that. So to me, to have an abortion was really the only option. And I went to the the young man who was the father, and and he paid half, and I paid half. So that's the way we did that. And, you know, I was 17 years old, and I don't think I'd even had, you know, a woman exam at that point in my life, probably. Um, so I knew nothing about getting an abortion or, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and honestly, this is where some murky memory comes in, but I do know that one of my good friends somehow knew there was a doctor in town that, that would do that. It cost $400 and, you know, and, and I think she made the appointment. I don't know. Maybe I called and made it myself. I, you kept it I from your parents. I never told my parents. Wow. As far as I know, Wow. They died not knowing. Oh, my goodness. I never told anybody. Wow. My friend that helped me knew. I didn't tell any of my other friends. If she told people, they never said anything to me. I mean, I, wow. I did this. what a hard thing to have to handle you by yourself. You carry so. Yeah, I did it all myself. That's such a hard thing to carry. Yeah, it it has been. It has been. And and it was it was hard at the time. Definitely hard. And... So my friend that was helping me, she called the school and pretended to be my mom, you know, and got me out of school mm-hmm. and went and did that and never told anybody. Mm-hmm. So then, so that's, you know, fall, we're talking September, October, fall, my senior year. I graduate in May. I, I grew up doing theater and and music stuff. I was in choir all through school. So that summer, the community theater was doing Godspell. Oh, yes. I love that show. I know. It's an awesome show. It's an awesome show. And I tried out, and I was in Godspell. Mm -hmm. And through that, there were some Christians who were on the cast. But also, you know, much of the the script of Godspell is is the book of Matthew. It sure is. Mm -hmm. And... um, when when the community theater did plays, we practiced five nights a week for you know five weeks straight, and then did performances, and um, so it was kind of like living with Christ, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, just going through those lines and scripture, the, the, all that stuff, and through that, and through the Christians that were on the cast with me, I came to know Jesus as my Savior. Oh wow! Now, you know, I said Through I the have, show, God's film. I love that. <laughs> I know it's oh, awesome. I love that. Um, I was so excited when Owasso High did it. A, you know, a couple yes, years yes. ago, and <laughs> it was so exciting to see it. So I had said earlier, you know, that I was raised Catholic, and I grew up knowing about Jesus, believing in Jesus, believing sure. who He was, all that stuff. But I didn't understand about the relationship thing. Mm-hmm. And the Catholic Church, at least the one I went to, was not good to teach that. They, they weren't good to encourage you to read the Bible on your own. Um, they weren't good to preach salvation and what that means and what that should look like. And so here I am just graduating high school. Um, I was 18 by this time. And um, 
started to search spiritually, you know, for something different, something I knew that what I had was not enough. And that July, I can remember, I, I was going to college that summer too. And I remember uh, in my dorm room talking to God, just me by myself and talking to God and saying, you know, I can't do this without you. I need mm-hmm. you. So that, that comes, you know, right after this really horrendous <laughs> uh, portion of my life with the, yes. the breakup and the, and the abortion and, and that kind of stuff. So that was, and then July. And then in August, the very next month, I met my future husband. And I've always felt like God, by bringing him in my life so quickly, was really protecting me from future sin. I'm not sure I would have been able to stay out of sexual sin. And I feel like God was protecting me that way. Um, So uh, within, let's see, we met in August, and then we got married roughly a year and a half later. And now we've been married 39 years, and that's wonderful. (laughs) So was he a believer already? He was a believer. He grew up in a a good little Christian home. He went to the Baptist church, and um, he was a believer. And so that was, you know, I got involved because of him. I got involved with the BSU in college Mm -hmm. and, you know, met They don't believers. even call it the BSU. I know. Baptist they don't. Union I is now the Baptist, Baptist Collegiate, Collegiate Ministry. Yes. <laughs> I still call it the BSU, and my yeah. daughter laughs at me. <laughs> but I don't but call were, it that anymore, Mom. You have good memories there with BSU, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And what you college know, did you go to? I went to um, East Central. Oh, okay. In yeah. Ada. Yeah. Um, my dad taught there. I grew up, That's where I grew up. Um, my brother and sister in law went there. A lot of people went there. Mm-hmm. Ask yeah. uh, ask uh, Jenny Tooley about yeah. uh, my dad in class. So Jenny Tooley had your dad for uh-huh. a professor. Oh, we need to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think John did too. Oh, um, fun! What's really funny is that my future brother-in-law, who is a Baptist minister, had my dad in class. Oh my goodness! And when he found out that his little brother was marrying that man's daughter. <laughs> Oh, it was not. It was not good. So I'm guessing your dad was a really strict professor? My dad was from Massachusetts, so he was very liberal and, of course, Catholic. Mm -hmm. And he cussed and smoked and and he was very proud of the fact that he had the highest flunk rate on campus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, he was notorious. Well, I wanted to ask you, I'm so glad that the Lord brought Andy into your life at just the right time. What mm-hmm. a sweet thing. Did you, in your heart, think, I'm, I'm going to tell him about my secret, or did you decide, I'm never going to tell him? What did you do? I told him before we got married. I did tell him. Um, bef- I can't remember if it was before or after we got engaged, but mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be right to marry him and him not know. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt like. He should know that before. Yeah. And, you know, if that changed his his opinion of me or whatever, fine. But I felt like that was the right thing to do. He needed to know that before. Mm-hmm. So he knew that before. How was that conversation? You know, my husband is a very tender-hearted man. And um, it was no big deal to him. He says that's in the past and mm-hmm. no, no worries. Mm-hmm. So we moved forward and... Still together. I'm glad he didn't say hurtful words to you. No, not at about, all. You know, something that would have probably been a really 
a dagger to your heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, I, he may have said something along the line of, you know, I wish I was the first, but mm-hmm. I understand and it's okay, you know, kind of thing. It, he was always good about that. Mm-hmm. He's so sweet that way. Um, so, got married and um, after being married probably five years, I thought, Let, let's have kids. It's time to have kids. And um, I went off the pill, and we really had trouble getting pregnant. And all the time, that thought comes to mind, Mm -hmm. is is this my punishment for having had an abortion, that I can't get pregnant now? Mm. And really struggled with that emotionally. And privately, again, didn't talk to Andy about it. I tend mm. to I tend to handle things on my own that way. I don't know why, but um, so just you know, through the years, and we didn't have Rachel until we had been married fifteen years. Wow! So it was a while, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that played a big thought, you know, thought process for me that this is my fault. This is from sin in my life. This is the consequences of sin in my life. Even though, you know, I I had asked the Lord for forgiveness after becoming a Christian, you know, I'd asked the Lord for forgiveness and I knew he forgave me. Mm -hmm. And the Bible talks about that. When we ask for forgiveness, he remembers it no more. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a lot harder to forgive ourselves. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And and that's the crux of, you got to forgive yourself. And, um, so that that was a struggle. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, I always, I used to work at the Hope Pregnancy Center in Tulsa. I used to be the director there. And when I would meet with young women who were seriously thinking about abortion, I would say to them, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that if you do this, if you choose to do this, the next 20 years of your life, you're going to struggle with this. It literally was 20 years oh my goodness. before I was able to forgive myself. Um, so, you know, I would, I would share that with them. And I, and I think for some of them that, that meant something, that made them think, you know. It did, not always. You know, when you're young, you think about things a lot differently than you do when you're older. But 20 years is a long time. Mm-hmm. So after having, you know, really... Uh, you know, Satan would bring that that up in my head all the time, or I would, I don't know. But I always felt like Satan used it against me and said, uh, you did this. Mm-hmm. How can you well, think about... Well, he's the about, accuser. That's yeah, what he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, how, how can you think about, you know, whatever I might have been trying to do? Mm-hmm. How can you think about doing that when you did this? You know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a big struggle for me. Big struggle for me. So... A lot of time in there, but didn't get pregnant for a long time. But then had had my daughter, Rachel. Um, and How excited were you when you saw that pregnancy test? Oh, my gosh, y'all. So this is going to sound very strange, okay? I've never heard of anybody saying this before, but <laughs> I knew the moment I conceived. You knew? I, could, I knew. I don't know. Wow. I knew when I conceived the first time. You did? I did. There was just, it was just like, I'm pregnant. And oh my goodness. a couple weeks later, I was pregnant. I, and then with Rachel, I, I, I knew 
And the next morning, I stopped. I had been taking, I think, an antidepressant or something, and I stopped. I stopped taking all my meds and just taking my vitamin. Kept taking my vitamins and stuff because I knew I was pregnant. Oh I knew goodness. it. And um, so then, yeah, and then we did the test. And what was fun is going around telling people, "Yeah, I'm pregnant." After 15 mm. years of <laughs> waiting, I'm pregnant. Yeah. So um, that was pretty cool. Um, we were house parents at the Baptist Children's Home when I when we got pregnant. We had been house parents for six years at that point, and we were in Oklahoma City. And um, then when we got pregnant, because when we were house at that point, we were uh, what's called associate house parents, and they moved from house to house and give the regular house parents their time off. Mm-hmm. And so we knew having a baby that moving from cottage to cottage was not going to be. A good thing. So they told us that the first opportunity for a regular house parent that came up within the the children's home system, we would have first dibs on it. And it came up in Owasso. And so the day that Rachel was two months old, we moved to Owasso, moved into a cottage up here, and took over a cottage full of teenage girls. <laughs> the first six years of Rachel's life were spent. With teenage girls <laughs> as big sisters. <laughs> After we'd been there a couple years, I decided, um, I was working with my girls, and, and we decided to do a Bible study called The Search for Significance. Yeah. And um, it is an excellent Bible study about getting your self-worth from who you are in Christ and not from anything else. Not from how you look or who you hang with or, you know, not from anything else, but only because you're a child of the king. Mm. And um, in the process of doing that Bible study with the girls, I was finally able to forgive myself. Mm. And it was literally 20 years after I'd had an abortion. And so it takes a long time sometimes, and, and that's okay, but... I was just thankful I could finally get it done. You know, since that point, since I was able to forgive myself, God, Satan has never been able to throw that in my face again. He's never once said to me, look what you did. He can't, it doesn't work for, me, for mm-hmm. him anymore. Mm-hmm. He can't do that with me anymore. And it's just so amazing, you know, that God does that for us and, and helps us through these things and, and helps us figure out how to overcome the things that Satan's trying to put in our path. And I'm just so thankful for that. Was there something specific in the study that made it, that unlocked that for you that made you go, Oh, I don't recall anything specific. I think it was just in general, the whole working through the whole process. You know, when I started that study with the girls and mind you, I'm working with teenage girls going through this study. And I knew at that point that Satan was going to try everything he could to keep us from doing that and to, you know, cause I knew that it had the potential to work in these girls' lives and, and help them, mm-hmm. you know, become Christians or walk better with God or, you know, whatever. I had no idea it would help me so much. <laughs> um, but I don't remember a specific thing in it. I just remember that that was the catalyst, mm. you know, that caused me to finally say, um, I forgive myself. So all the years that you were really still not forgiving yourself, mm-hmm. what did that 
burden feel like? Would you think you were past it and then you would just feel the wound? Yes, yes. I mean, I operated pretty normally, you know, and nobody would have known that I was struggling with anything. Mm-hmm. That private pain. Yeah, yeah. I just kept it to myself. I didn't talk to people about it. Not even um, Andy? No. I mean, he knew it was in my past, but I didn't mm-hmm. talk about the struggles I was having. Mm-hmm. I just kept that all to myself. I don't know why I'm that way, but... I think a lot of us <laughs> Oh, are. yeah. Well, you are not alone. I think true. a lot of us as followers of Christ are just trying to... We, we don't want to talk about the pain and the struggles, and it's hard to admit it, and it's hard to talk about it, and mm-hmm. it's just easier not to. I think you're not alone at all. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. And it, you know, people don't, you know, you think about forgiveness is such a tricky thing sometimes. And, but it's so important. If you harbor unforgiveness, if you harbor it in your heart and you don't forgive somebody, whether that's a parent who you think wronged you Mm -hmm. or a friend Mm -hmm. or, or yourself, people don't think, I don't think they think about forgiving themselves. But you know, how many times do I think about that I, I killed my baby, and you have to forgive yourself for that. At some point, you have to come to terms with that and forgive yourself. Otherwise, you're going to forever be miserable. Mm-hmm. Forever. Mm-hmm. Did it take you by surprise as a 17-year-old that you couldn't just walk out the door and leave it behind and not worry about it? Did, were you thinking to yourself, I thought this was going to be easy. This is hard. I'm I, sad. Honestly, I think initially I pushed it aside and didn't deal with it. I just, mm-hmm. I just moved on with my life. You were in high life. school. You just kind of went back to I just moved on with my things. life. I kept doing everything I ever did. Nobody would have known, you know, because I kept doing theater. I kept doing everything I ever did, and nobody would have known. And I just I didn't deal with it at all initially. I just pushed it aside. Didn't when think did about it rear it. its head for you to start dealing with it? I think really... Um, those years when I wanted to get pregnant and couldn't, okay. that's really when it started saying, you, you know, it's because you did that. It's mm-hmm. because you did that. You know, you can't get yeah. pregnant now because, because you killed your baby before. And it's still, you know, like st- even today, even though I've forgiven myself today, you know, and, and this kind of stuff, I still try to make excuses for myself. Like if, if I tell somebody, you know, that I'd had an abortion, I'll say, well, it was before I became a Christian. You know, so that makes it okay to have done it before I became a Christian or something. You know, I don't know. It's just ways we try to justify mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ourselves. I still do some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I have forgiven myself, and I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to get to that point. Yes. Yeah. I would love for you to talk to a listener who might be considering an abortion. And what would you say to that young lady or maybe not young, (laughs) what would you say to her about what she's considering? I think if you're, if you're thinking, if you're really thinking about abortion, you need to think about not just getting rid of this baby that you see as an obstacle in your life. You've got to think about what this is going to do to yourself emotionally and that it really does take 20 years to get over it. Literally 20 years it took me to get over it. And I'm not, I've talked to other women who are post-abortive and they've said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Took them a long time to get over it. You know, we are inherently 
mothers. God made us to be mothers. That is built into our person as, as women. And to go so against that, that natural thing that's in us, to go so against that and, and take that life of our child is, is really difficult in more ways than you can fathom. And, and so you really need to think about that mm-hmm. long and hard before making that decision. And we would also, with compassion and love for you, listener, would love to just encourage you to consider the fact that your life is precious in God's sight and your baby's life is too. Absolutely. And Psalm 139 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So even from the moment of conception, God knows your Mm -hmm. baby and the precious soul of your baby matters to him. So it's also so dear and important to consider that. But I think it's also so important to think about that mother. And like you said, like Let's the turmoil that yeah. she's going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And we need to like love those women. And yeah. I mean, I get so angry when I hear about protests and people screaming at people and name calling people. And I'm like, that is just signs, like not loving them. people to Jesus. No. It's no, just not. I agree completely not. In our church, I, I think that our church is a loving group of people. Hopefully we would never have anyone in our church who would do something like that. We want to be the kind of place where you come when you need help, not the place that screams at you with a poster. Right. Oh, I'd ask that. So, yeah. And there's, you know, like the Hope Pregnancy Center in Tulsa mm-hmm. um, is a great ministry and that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. And they have, they offer post-abortive counseling mm-hmm. as well as pre you know, pregnancy counseling and what your options could be. And, and free ultrasounds, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, free yeah. ultrasounds. They'll help you with baby things. If you if you decide to keep your child, they they help with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like that. Do um, they give you services if you decide adoption? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jill, I think you're right. I think we need to talk a little bit more about how, if there's a listener who's feeling like, I don't know, I, I don't know if this is ever going to, can I ever face this? What can, what am I going to do? Even though maybe someone's feeling conflicted, maybe they're still thinking about having an abortion just because they don't see a way to make it through. Well, I think what in this say? culture right now, we're so contentious and angry. Yeah. And we yeah, either are mad because that we're mad at that little girl for getting herself in trouble or whatever, but then we're mad that she made this decision, and I just think there's no winning for them. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so – it just breaks my heart. I mean, I work in a high school, and it breaks my heart because mm-hmm. they've got to have somewhere to turn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just so hard. And, I, you know, I think back to that 17-year-old me, and I think if something like a pregnancy center had been available and a friend of mine said, here, let's go here. And find out a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, would that have changed my life? Sure. I mean, if I it, maybe it would have helped me make a better decision where I didn't struggle emotionally for twenty years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a third of my life. Mm-hmm. A third of my life spent, you know, beating myself up emotionally. Vanessa, what that. would you like to say to someone who's kept their secret their entire life? And maybe they're listening today, wiping tears away. 
Mm-hmm. And they think nobody knows. And maybe no one does. <laughs> and <laughs> maybe no God. one needs to, and that's okay. But what Some, do you want to say to that listener today? I want to say, have you forgiven yourself? Because if you haven't, that's what you've got to do. And if that means that you need to go to a counselor, uh, if you need to call the pregnancy center and find out about their post-abortive um, counseling, uh, regular can you know, whatever, whatever it takes... Um, you've got to forgive yourself. You don't have to be miserable. You can forgive yourself, and and God is so good, mm-hmm. and he 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 gives your joy back. You know, he can bring that joy back into your life if you're not if you're not there. Um, so many women keep it to themselves. I'm sure and, you're right. In our church, I'm sure there um, are many that are quietly sure are. going through private mm-hmm. pain, mm-hmm. and. You know, and some women, it's just more than they can handle to talk publicly about it. And that's okay. You mm-hmm. don't have to talk publicly about it. But you really must forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to find a way to do that. And so knowing important. that God's forgiveness is not conditional. His forgiveness is unconditional. That's right. First John he 1, 9 says, long before I forgave myself. Right, if we right. confess our sins... He is faithful and just just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Absolutely. And there's a period at the end of the sentence. Mm -hmm. It's not if you do penance, if you go to church, if you're a good girl. No, he he forgives you. He forgives you that moment that you ask. He He is so, so loving. He is so good. It's so amazing. If only we could be that way to ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and... it's just not there for us. Humanity can't be that way without God's help. <laughs> we just right. can't. Yeah. You know? And how hard to have gone through, like, trying to have a baby in the first place and having a hard time having one, and then in the back of your mind thinking that it was your fault. And mm-hmm. that's not how God works. Right. It's not, right. is it? It's not at all. No. Oh, but, yeah, that's what I thought for a long time. Did you ever share it with your sister? You know, um... I did, and it hasn't been all that long ago that I said, kind of in passing, something about having had an abortion. But we've not had like an in-depth conversation about it. I think she felt um, sad that she had not been more in tune with me, what was going on with me, that she was would have been able to help me. Um, but she was, you know, having her own stuff at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, she had little boys and, to deal with and you know, things of Rome that she was dealing with. So Yeah. And like you said, you were you were a convincing actress, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. Jumped, yeah. went right about like jump back into that school play or get into that right. school choir or just whatever. Just do it all. Mm-hmm. And right. you wouldn't you didn't walk around sad. You just kept the Well I, I walked around sad some. I was definitely depressed and my you close did have friends some depression. I did, and and I always blamed it on the boyfriend breaking up with me. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that wasn't all of it. Like, did he I go to your eat. school too? No, he oh, was okay. a little older. He went to college, um, so he went to college in in Ada. But I would go to lunch with my friends and not eat. I just wouldn't feel like eating, and I lost a lot of weight, and you know. So my friends knew I was depressed, and and but they thought it was over him. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. him. They didn't mm-hmm. know the rest, the whole deal. And I didn't really, honestly, put two and two together either at the time. I blamed it all on the fact that I'd broken up. I really, honestly, had this abortion and, 
and pushed through and never thought at that point in my life, never thought about how it affected me. Mm -hmm. I just didn't. It's crazy, isn't it? Why do we do stuff like that to ourselves? <laughs> well, hindsight is twenty twenty. Isn't that true? Yeah. yeah. We could all live yeah. perfect lives if we could use our hindsight. Right. That's <laughs> actually, we're all imperfect. So, you know, every single one of us is just, we make messes and God picks us up. And God forgives us. Mm -hmm. and, and then we make another mess. And we make another mess. <laughs> I will say, I never, I never really hid it from my daughter either. She knows that I had an abortion. And um, I, have, I have a book, a little journal book, that I started when I found out I was pregnant. And I started writing to my future child, you know, like all the time. And then as she, after she was born and she's grown up, I've written different things to her through the years. And so I haven't written in that much in a long time. And so... I said, well, we could use that. If there's any questions you want to ask me, let me know, and I'll write it. I'll write my answers in oh, the book. Oh, what a good idea. And um, so one of, one of the things she wants to know is about my salvation, and I'm, I'm working on getting that written in there for her, and she wants to know about my abortion. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, she has questions about that, but she knows she has a sibling in heaven, mm -hmm. you know, that. I believe that too, Vanessa. Yeah. I believe that too. I, I do. I mm -hmm. believe that the soul of uh, oh, an I innocent that. baby is in heaven. Absolutely, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe so. we'll know that baby. I, oh, I believe that too. Yeah. I believe when I get to heaven, I'll meet my child. I do believe that. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So. This is a very brave conversation. It is a very brave conversation. We I'm so proud so of you. We are so thankful yeah. that you have shared your story and are helping so many people listening right now. I just really want women who may have been through something similar to know that yeah, you don't have to be alone. There are, there, you, you know, there's a lot of us shame. out here and yeah, nothing to be shameful about, Right, but forgive yourself. You do yeah. need to do that. Absolutely. It's so important. To so what other resources would you give? Uh, this, the search for significance mm -hmm. um, by Robert S. McGee. Um, the website thinkimpregnant.org is uh, the website for Hope Pregnancy Center and how you can get in touch with their services. They don't list the post-abortive services like they mainly mainly focus initially on if you're thinking about getting an abortion or if you think you're pregnant. But if you click up on the menu thing, it does list post-abortion stuff so so, there so even if it's there. been 10 years 10 15 years ago they can still go and get oh, that yeah, absolutely service. absolutely and there would be a 100 percent chance they're going to meet compassionate loving people that's right who will pray with you mm -hmm. and talk with you and just be there for you absolutely <laughs> so i think that's a they're, really wise place to go yeah they're really good people over there i know the director over there and i know her story I'm like she's not there just because it's a job for her She's there because of some experiences she had when she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they, they're they very loving towards you and understanding. And they just want to help you be whole again, you know, emotionally. And if somebody's listening that's not in Oklahoma, are there other, do they have Hope's Pregnancy Centers in other There's, places? They're not Hope Pregnancies, but there is pregnancy centers all over the country. Um, CareNet comes to mind. I think that's the name of it. CareNet. But I don't know the website off the top of my head. Okay. But it's like a national, um, and I think Hope Pregnancies, we used to be part of it. I probably still are. It's like a national um, link of pregnancy centers 
throughout the country mm-hmm. that are have the same, you know, just like Hope Pregnancy Center, the same type of place. Yeah, so that's that's a good there's somewhere else, yeah. I'm glad you told us. We'll make sure to put these helpful resources mm-hmm. in the show notes. Yes. And we're going to just hopefully be able to share this episode with so many people who need to hear this. The I story of so. forgiveness and redemption and God's forgiveness. And he can give your joy back. Yes, he can. Yeah. Absolutely. God is so good. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for sharing this. You this bet. was so brave and we're so proud of you and... We just really appreciate it. You bet. I'm glad to. I feel like God wanted me to, so be obedient. That's right. He (laughs) blesses obedience. (laughs) Thanks for listening today, everybody. We're so glad that you are here for this really important conversation. We're so grateful to Vanessa for being willing to obey the prompting that God put in her heart. Share this story, Vanessa. And, you know, the grief that she went through all those 20 years of not forgiving herself, that is not what the Lord wants for you, listener. Um, 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. And, you know, you may be stuck in a spin cycle with worldly grief, just never forgiving yourself, beating yourself up over and over again in your thoughts. And what the Lord is offering you is the salvation without regret that He is longing to just return your joy to you, to let you know if He has forgiven you, you can forgive yourself too. And let's make sure that we remember to handle people with love and care and we never know what somebody else is going through or what their private pain is or struggle and we need to be non-judgmental and just love people like Jesus that's all we need to do so we are so glad that you are here today and we will be back again in a couple weeks and we appreciate your listening see you in a couple weeks everyone bye